If there was a horror Olympics, what events would be there? I would go with the 500-yard shamble. It's where uh, your horror villains would all have to chase after a, uh, a victim uh, as slowly as possible, and yet some whoever gets to the victim first while moving the slowest is the winner. Are they going to be like crippled in any way? Like they all tripped on something beforehand? I mean, they're victims. Of course, they're going to. They're, they're, <laughs> they're going to trip on something. Yeah, they could start out perfectly normal and Look, on a flat surface and still flat land trip. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'll give them keys that they'll forget how to use. Like, do I use fucking open this with my head? Uh, so, do they get to uh, do our, our slasher or villains, if yes. you will? Do they get to use any means to get to the end of this? No, they have to be on foot. Okay. Unless I guess you're. Uh, like a dog. What about sentient vehicles? Like yeah. can Christine or Maximum Overdrive? Can they What about the puppet from Saw? Can he chase him on the tricycle? <laughs> <laughs> well, right, puppet from Saw gets the gets the tricycle definitely because he can't. I mean, that's almost a disadvantage. I would laugh He's my ass motivated. off to watch a fucking relay race with a little like puppet from Saw on the tricycle <laughs> behind him. Like I'm gonna get you. <laughs> uh, but vehicles are out. They're gonna have their own event. Okay, yeah. they're gonna have their own drag race. Destruction Derby. Ooh. Ooh. Okay, that I'd be into that. So. So we got Christine, we got Maximum Overdrive. What other sentient vehicles or vehicle used? Like, well, Sweet Tooth's a video game character, so he's but already it still works. He's yeah. in. Yeah. We'll count it. They'll yeah. eventually make that shit a movie, I'm sure. I'm surprised they haven't. Eventually. Adam Scott, get on that. <laughs> Adam Scott. <laughs> well, I would do uh, the uh, high dive into a pool of candy corn, because that sounds horrific. What about a pool of syringes? That sounds deadly. Yeah, yeah, they got to live. Okay. Oh, wait, but is it the villain? Because villains can make it through anything, so. No, okay, so the, you've got your villains doing their events. You've yeah. got your victims over here doing their yeah. events. And then. It's like different weight classes. Yeah, yeah so exactly. the victims are doing the candy corn. Yes, exactly. Okay. okay. Um, I also had the 500 meter slash instead of dash. Ooh. Oh, God, cut his mic, John. <laughs> no, good pun. It's well respected. <laughs> that one is for the villains particularly, because okay. when you get to the end, you got to kill somebody, and whoever's uh, victim dies first. You're the winner. Okay, but you so have to stab them and run. Yeah, you got. So run. it's like a triathlon. You have to do three different things to <laughs> yeah, get to exactly. the end. Exactly. You got to slash, walk fast, and something else. Pole vault. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, relay race of pain. That's for our victims. Instead of the baton pass, you get stabbed with the baton, and then whoever can make it to the next guy. If okay. you if you bleed out, you lose. Who's stabbing you now? Is there? Does everyone get stabbed by the same villain? Now, I think you're like when you pass the baton, you stab someone with it instead of just handing it. So you're basically yeah. like then oh. damaged, and whoever gets damaged, whoever can like live through it. Like think, um, think the end of Scream when he's like, "Billy, I think you stabbed me too. Close. I think yeah, I'm yeah, dying yeah. here, man." Like that's you got to run. Okay, exactly. That's what I we're talking. Love about. it. Yeah, sign me up for not doing this, but watching it. <laughs> <laughs> and then we've got table tennis for the villains because I really want to see Jason and Freddy playing ping pong. Oh, that'd be great. Then does Freddy have to wear his glove? That'd be a disadvantage, big time. But he can also make multiple arms. But Freddy's not in the dream world. Oh, yeah. What are the power limitations? See, there's got to be a whole like Olympic committee rule set yeah. that we've got to go. So, also doping. Uh, I mean, they're all doped on magic. Well, clearly you know. we've got some litigation to do yeah, before yeah. we get this underway. <laughs> but I'm loving it here. Sign me up. I want to watch this. Yeah. All the uh, the franchises, we're going to have a parade at the beginning, like every country rolls in <laughs> with their banners and all their, their members. We're going to have that. Each franchise is going to have their own banner. Can, well, yes. like Camp Crystal Lake. Yeah. Camp Crystal Lake is going to roll in with all the dead kids. <laughs> There's the, got to be a band playing, right? Mainly Marilyn, Marilyn Manson or somebody's playing. Definitely. Band, right? Yeah. The puppet master, the puppets get a little like... Tiny little flag. The puppet delegation from. Yeah. Uh, can you zoom in, cameraman? We can't tell. Oh, it's the uh, it's Charles Band's puppet master. Except cuddly bears, <laughs> they're holding their flag. What up, Skeeter Jenkins? Woo, woo. 
I like how we had the unison <laughs> woo. Yeah. There should also be like a, uh, like a, instead of a, like a shot put, like a corpse throw. Yes. Definitely. All right. How far can you throw the body? That's a key. Villain. Alive or dead. Right. Preferably alive uh, for villains. I mean, you're going to have a little more resistance. I yeah, think, they're going to wriggle. And, body, yeah. They're going to yeah. try to Maybe fight. you can put them in a sleeping bag and spin them around and see how far you can throw them. Ooh, oh. the sleeping bag toss. Yeah. I was in one of the Friday movies. I'm on board. Me too. <laughs> Hey, all you creatures from cyberspace. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the Grave Talk podcast. My name is Mark. Again, joined with Garrett and John. Fellas, how are we doing today? I'm alive. Good. I can see your mouth moving. Good. I confirm you are alive. Garrett? Well, unlike last episode, we had a weekend at Bernie's him. <laughs> <laughs> so we re- he can live. We can make him one. Yeah. We got to get John's bank account emptied out, though. That's why he's going to be burning it around. I feel like that should be the episode image. It's us like Dr. Frankensteining John's <laughs> corpse. Uh, We've got to record this weekend. What have you been up to since last time? I watched a movie on Shudder called Pod uh, from the picture. Oh, it's from 2015. Okay. Uh, recent, recent. Recent. Yeah. Okay. Recent-ish. Uh, from the picture, you think, oh, this is a cool alien movie. It is not. It is a piece of shit. Avoid it. <laughs> um, there, I'm going to spoil it so that you don't have to watch it. I'm doing you guys a favor. There is an alien. It's in the last 10 minutes of the movie, and it's stupid. Wow, they waited that long for yeah. the alien I think reveal? they had a budget of like $12. So... <laughs> I would love for like one of our listeners to go through and listen to like every episode and like see how many movies you've liked that you've watched on Amazon or Shutter versus like the ones you haven't. It's not my fault. Most of them are trash. I feel like it's a 90 10 split (laughs) of garbage in favor. Actually, probably pretty generous. I feel like it's like 99 one. This movie's like an hour and 20 minutes of three people yelling at each other and then like 10 minutes of some sort of random chaos uh, and it sucks. So don't watch it. Pod. Avoid it. You've been warned. Well, speaking of uh, things that John has seen and did not like, there is a third Hell House LLC movie oh. in the works. John, have you heard this? I have. There's there'd be in the one percent though, because I saw the first Hell House randomly on Amazon. Fucking loved it. Hell House LLC two, which you uh, did not like, and Mark was upset there was not a catchy um, one liner. Yeah, two fucking thumbs down on that piece of shit. So sad. So this one is called Lake of Fire. Again, I've not seen this series, but uh, according to Bloody Disgusting, this says guests both past and present will be forced to battle for their souls as it is revealed as all is revealed about the Abaddon Hotel and the evil that dwells there. Jesus. Set one year after the events of part two, the hotel is on the verge of being torn down when it is purchased by a billionaire (laughs) as the new home for his popular interactive show Insomnia. He invites journalists to come and see everything happening on the in, uh, on the inside of the hotel leading up to the performance, but soon encounter a more nefarious plot. <gasps> Lake of Fires, where I wish they would throw this script. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. So are you going to watch this one? I, of course, am going to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you think I am? I'm John Gutter Movie. Yeah. That's my last name. Look me up. Uh, if there's, you know, a shitty movie on Amazon, Shudder, or Netflix, I'm going to be drawn to it like a moth to fucking flame. But I'm going to be pissed about it, and I'm going to let y'all know about how much I disliked it. Well, it seems like the comment section of this article is in, on kind of the same idea path as you. Saying things like yawn (laughs) and things like that. But you can tell us how that is when that comes out, John. I'm looking forward to hearing it. Oh, I sure will. 
Speaking of sequels, Netflix's The Babysitter is getting a sequel. Oh, see, that's unfortunate. I don't think that needs a sequel. I feel like that's just good the way it is. I'd be like doing a sequel to Tucker and Dale. No, it, don't take that idea out of the universe. Well, like I'm saying like it's I mean, I've thought that way about sequels before. And they've actually been like, OK, like Wayne's World 2 was actually enjoyable. But I feel like some things just need to live on their own. And I think the babysitter did a good enough job of just telling its solo story. We don't need a oh, man. I don't need a sequel to it, but apparently it had enough views to launch in a sequel. Plus, I don't want to spoil that movie for anybody, but I'm not sure how they pick it up for a sequel. If there's I'll anything that, there, but, that horror movies are capable of doing. Fair enough. Uh Lightning strike. All right, now things are back to how they were. <laughs> yeah, that's like, true. They're back from how the dare dead. you talk the way about Jason Six? Okay. I mean, look, it's my favorite Jason by far. But so it's good. It's so good. Such a stupid idea. He got struck by lightning. Now he's back to life. All right, good enough. Moving on. <laughs> but this one's being done by McG. I know we've mentioned his name a couple times now. I forget what exactly we were talking about, but the director McG. Yeah, he did, he the, did the first babysitter. babysitter, and he's doing this one again. He's done some pretty decent stuff. So the casting is underway and shooting is expected to run through Thanksgiving. So we'll probably see that in early 2020 sometime on Netflix. 2020 still sounds like the fucking future. Like, oh, 2020, was that like 10 years away? No. Dude, that's like less than six months away, dude. It's wild. We're almost there. We're back in the 20s. Yes. I don't have much as far as crazy news goes other than the fact that supposedly the people doing the Mortal Kombat movies say it's going to be a heavy, heavy R due to like the extreme gore. Eh. I don't know. The The video game's got some really interesting, unique kills and fatalities and stuff like that. I'm interested to see if they actually, like, what and how they put that on screen. But in cooler news, from the movie Mandy, you can now buy a replica of his axe from that movie, which is kind of dope. So when did you order yours? I have not ordered one, and I'm not going to order one. No? Because... <laughs> I, that's an accident waiting to happen. An accident? Oh, you <laughs> son of a bitch. Nice. Mark, cut his mic. <laughs> I'm going to be the only one with a mic left if you get to run it all through me. Um, no, that I thought that was, was sharp. Cool. Oh, oh, shit. God, get me out of here, <laughs> listeners. Cut it out. <laughs> oh, okay, you know what? Stop with the full house. <laughs> no, but I thought that was kind of cool. They've already got some cool props that they can sell because that company is still like kind of like a you buy the stuff directly from them and those go to fund their movies. Like they run their own shop and stuff. It's not like oh, a, cool. like they license it out. Like this is actually all like, like you buy the shirts and stuff. It goes directly back to the studio that made um, the movie. Did you see was, a price on the ax? No, I, I don't want to know the price on that ax. As okay. big as that ask, thing is. Can't afford it. Well, I'd hope it'd be pricey. Yeah. I'm imagining it's, it's cheap. Then it's going to be some piece of junk. Yeah. So, all right, styrofoam. That's cool. Well, we're here today to talk about Invasion of the Body Snatchers. From 1978. Correct. Ooh. This is a remake of a 1956 black and white film. But this version it's is based directed, off a book. Yes, which yes. is called? I don't know. Invasion of the Body Snatchers, the book. <laughs> <laughs> the adaptation, the literally adaptation. Um, this movie has everybody in it. I just want to say that. You're probably going to go through the list of actors here in a minute and actresses, but... Holy crap. Like, it's like it was running the credits. I was like, where did all these people come from? I have never seen this movie. I thought I had. I've never seen Me this either. flick. It's the first time I saw it as well. And it had so many people in it. I you was guys like, never caught this one on, I guess no. on cable? The book was called The Body Snatchers. They didn't invade yet. They were uh, just okay. snatching bodies. Yeah. Thanks for closing the gap on that. No, but look, if I see a circle <laughs> that needs to be closed, I'm swooping in. <laughs> so, yes, uh, the remake was directed by Philip Kaufman, uh, written by W.D. Richter and Jack Finney. This one is sitting at a 95% on Rotten Tomatoes out of 56 of the uh, critics, 81% by the audience, 
35,329 people reviewed that's that. That's accurate. Whoever the 19% of people are who don't like this movie, uh, is it because you hate good things? Yes. Well, it's a little bit long. Maybe some people just thought it was a little bit long because it is a two-hour movie. It's like an hour and 51 minutes. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I did doze off at one point. I had to like rewind and like, but that was it was super late. I think I was watching it like two a.m. So um, I did have to go back and like rewatch part of it. But um, it's definitely longer than the original. I did watch the black and white one before uh, this episode because I ooh. wanted to get it in. Did it hold up? Like the black and yeah, white one? It's still good. It feels like a long episode of the Twilight Zone. I like cool. that. So if you're down with that kind of sh- style, then this one will fit right. That's what this story felt like to me, like a Twilight Zone episode. Definitely. Uh, interestingly enough, the original Body Snatchers is rated at a 98% on Rotten Tomatoes, so really? it's a little bit higher, and 85% with the, the audience. But maybe it is Whoa. a length issue, because it is shorter. Yeah. So, let's see. Who do we got in this one? Like Garrett uh, said, yeah, there's everybody. a ton. We've got everybody. Leonard Nimoy. We got Jeff the Goldblum. We've got, not John Voight, but um, Donald Sutherland. Donald Sutherland. Yep. We've got um, someone who looks like Peter Dinklage and um, the guy from uh, Wayne's World. Um, uh, I'm going to say a proto Rob Lowe. Okay. His name is Art Hendel is the actor. Art yeah. Hendel. And then like we looked at photos of this dude. He looks like four different actors yeah. like in any angle. It's Tim like Curry, so Rob Lowe. Yes. Yeah. It's it's bizarre. Um, he's, a, got, he's a shapeshifter. He definitely. Now the um, the lead actress... I swear to God, she was someone else, and she had been in like so many things that I remember seeing. But she's only done like two or three movies. Yeah, yeah she's Brooke been in Adams this. is the main lead. Yeah, uh, I know, really like her. Super familiar to me yeah. too. I thought she was like Lois Lane, but then I started watching. I was like, no, she's not Lois Lane. Nah. And then she's got like a kind of a weird Gina Davis thing going on, and I was like, no, that's not it. Like she reminded me of so many actresses that I thought I had known before, and I was like, oh, well, it's there not her go. though. No, but, but she, she did, did a really good, good job. I, he had the most annoying laugh though. That really, every time she laughed, took me out of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't even phase me. Oh, that was she did. She did. That was the real of horror laugh. of this film. And also, there is another actor who plays a very brief role in a scene where he gets hit by a car, but is the actor who plays the TV station owner from UHF. Well, what? he's playing more than that. Since you're jumping right to that, his name is Kevin McCarthy, and he is a great villain in UHF. He's also the villain in Inner Space. Yep. And he is in the original Body Snatchers. He's the main character. Oh, yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. That's at, cool. At the end of the movie of the original, he's running from car to car saying, You fools, you're in danger. Can't you see? They're after you. They're after all of us. Our wives, our children, everyone. They're here already. You're next. You're next. You're next. They're already oh, in, so in our group. Oh, that's a dope-ass homage so, to the original yeah. then. He's playing his character from the original film. That's some, pretty cool. Some people think this is more of a sequel to the original film in that maybe he has now fled to San Francisco continuing to tell people. I saw that online. I was like, oh, that's clever. Yeah. I. You guys should watch the original. Okay. Definitely check it out. Is it 95% or some shit? I mean, it sounds like it's worth it. Yeah. yeah. It's up there. Uh, just to round out the cast, Garrett mentioned most of them. We also have Veronica Cartwright as Nancy Belichick. Right, yeah. She's been in a ton of stuff, too. Yeah, she's very famous. Um, Leonard Nimoy plays our uh, psychiatrist, Dr. David Kibner. We already mentioned everybody else. So Jeff Goldblum is Nancy's husband in this one, Jack Belichick. Here's what the back of the Betamax has to say Yes. about Invasion of the Body Snatchers. <laughs> snatch this up now. Oh, I hope they make a snatch pun. If they don't, <laughs> they have really missed out. Yeah. 
Donald Sutherland, Brooke Adams, and Veronica Cartwright star on a dazzling remake of Don Siegel's 1956 classic. Hailed as the first-rate suspense thriller, it's already a new classic. The American movie of the year, says the New Yorker. Filmy spores fall from space over San Francisco and the city blossoms with beautiful new flora. People take the flowers home and, as they sleep, the plants creep over them, devouring their bodies and stealing their identities. Everything except their emotions, their uniqueness, their souls. Suddenly, the city is full of people complaining that someone close to them has changed. Sutherland, Adams, and Cartwright deliver first-rate performances, and a great supporting cast is led by Jeff Goldblum, Leonard Nimoy, and Art Hindle with cameos by Robert Duvall, Don Siegel, and Kevin McCarthy. Directed by Philip Kaufman with chilling special effects, the film ends with the single most horrifying frame in movies which literally curdles your blood and makes your hair stand on end, says Newhouse. Newhouse is wrong. That's sleepaway camp. (laughs) (laughs) It hadn't existed yet. Which is so interesting. uh, what What this says here on the back was the cameos by Robert Duvall. And he was on there for a split second at the beginning of yeah, this movie. like a cameo, if you like will. He barely, he had nothing to do with the plot. They just stuck him in a priest outfit and stuck him on a Wait, swing. was that the creepy priest who was just swinging and hanging yeah, out with yeah. kids in a playground? I was like, that's the first thing of that scene where I was like, um, what's this dude doing? I was like, you need to be accompanied by somebody. Yeah, for no good reason, there's Robert Duvall in a priest <laughs> outfit swinging on a swing. I bet he was just like on studio for some other shit and they're like, hey, you want to come do this real quick? He, he was, was from like, another yeah. movie. He was just on it. He refused to leave the set. And I was like, well, he's in the movie now. The fact they had to name drop him oh, on the yeah. back of this beta. Well, well he was huge at that time. What I read, like at the time, the movie isn't wasn't as popular as it is now. As with most things, yeah. right? This one's rated PG. Did you guys know that? Oh, there was no I, PG I could see 13 that. yet. I could see that. PG was about where this movie belonged. I, I think. bet if they released it now, it'd be PG 13. I think you're right. Because there's boob. Oh, there was. There was mm-hmm. full on mm-hmm. titties yeah. at the end. Yeah. So, yeah, this was before boobies became the worst thing you could put on put in movies. So, you guys. Well, someone please think of the children. <laughs> Won't somebody think of the titties? Free <laughs> them titties. Um, I got you covered on that, Mark. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So you guys mentioned this is the first time seeing this one. Yes. It's heralded as one of the, probably in the top 10 list of all horror films of all time. Do you think it still warrants that? Yeah, I guess. Definitely, uh, definitely up in the pantheon of the, the upper echelon. Top 10. Uh, it felt more maybe. like a noir film, like a, I don't know, mystery. Sci- uh, it was so much of everything, but uh, uh, top 10, that's a stretch maybe. I don't know. I never felt s- scared. I felt oppressed. Like just like this weird sense of like dread. It was very, and there's Fuck, a lot of reasons know. why that the the soundtrack, the the audio cues of this movie were beautifully unsettling. Constantly, like one noise went in, and I'm like, "Do you guys hear that?" And it's like like the phone off the hook, and I was like, "Finally, that's done." And it was like tick 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 tick. It was very repetitive noises that kind of made you uneasy. They did a great job of that. Like I got to throw that out there right now. Like yeah. that soundtrack, the lack of soundtrack, and this the noise stuff and when there was music it's that weird reverberate bass line yeah. that's playing it's just yeah, very it's unsettling great. as well so the idea of loved ones that you know turning into evil you know or becoming not themselves an interesting concept and it's been done quite a few times before the step for wives well this is i think this was step for wives is after this was it I don't know, honestly, but I was like, going to ask if you could come up with any other examples that you've seen this kind of storyline play out. He's not who he seems, you know, or like, you know, pointing at the doppelganger. Step you know, for wives. Step for wives. <laughs> 72. This came out. Well, the original came out in the 50s. So 
Yeah. So. And like you mentioned, the the uh, the Twilight Zone feel of the original, this plot feels like it was ripped out of the 50s. Yeah. Definitely like giant invasion, spider uh, invasion, you know. Manchurian candidate. Reprogramming somebody. Yeah. Sure. Turn them on. Oh, sure. What was that movie that we watched on Mystery Science Theater? Clonus the Parks. Clonus. Parks <laughs> the Clonus story. Yeah, yeah definitely. Re- replication of yeah. humans, but clones. The book and came out in the 40s, so this has got a pretty like be before most of those uh i think this is like one of the foundational of these like sci-fi yeah maybe that's why it's hailed as like such an influential piece of work is that it really has helped shape like that kind of stuff this is, kind of like, this is kind of like a building block of modern horror almost like yeah. without this this foundation you know we, we have seen like the thing by john carpenter you know which came out first this yeah. came out before oh, carpenter's the far, thing yeah. okay mm-hmm. this was 68 this was 78, but the original was like 54 and the book okay, was in right the 40s. On, right on. So. But this movie starts out like the, the, the company credits come up and then like we have a really slow panning shot over what planet was that? It looked like Jupiter. I think it was just gelatinous planet number one. Yeah. Oh, pod planet. Yeah. <laughs> Good old pod planet. What did they call it? Filmy? Yeah. Filmy spores. Yeah. Uh, it's like, all right. I was thinking more. <laughs> That's like- a stripper name right there. <laughs> Filmy spores. Welcome to the stage. Um, yeah, so you basically see these things that look like boogers floating through space that are going past planets and this really kind of creepy soundtrack that you were describing is going on. And it's hard to tell what's going on at first. Like, yeah, it really looks like what is this stuff? What's going on? And you kind of get an idea that it's floating through space. Yeah, I think like sea foam, you know. Like yeah, it's foamy, very weird, but it's only on for like substance. two minutes. They yeah. really and, fast and forward through that part. Speaking of which, the planet that it comes from, there's like gas just rising off of like an asteroid. Or something <laughs> like that's not how stuff works in space. But okay. Yeah, I they didn't it. they didn't bring in an astronomer here <laughs> yeah. to sort out their realism. So, so strike one film. This filmy spore stuff the slimy filmy spore stuff like goes through space and I guess comes down to earth and lands in San Francisco. But I was like, first I was like the, the nerd me is like, how's that making it through our atmosphere? You know, like, and not burning up. Like, how's it like, how's it surviving in space when it's not like in the shadow of like a planet freezing or in the sun burning up? These are space creatures. Maybe again, space creatures. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, I, I immediately had to suspend the science part of me because I was like, I got to be on board for this. I got two hours ahead of me. I've got to be on board for this. <laughs> Now's not the time to check out. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like and this three is like, minutes in, this is like, like not even like a minute into the movie. I was like, I've got to just get over this now. So, um, yeah, it comes down and we kind of do these like slow naturey landing shots of the stuff like going through the rain. It's landing on plants and stuff like that. And it looks like this weird slime. The effects when it lands on the plants and starts spreading out its like veins and its roots really on good. it looked so good. And then the flowers start to bloom on the plants. Like it's almost like an infection on the plants, these little like red flowers. That right there, I was like, this might be a solid film. Like, cause that was such a great um, look and feel. And the way they kind of played it out was very slow and creepy, but fast enough to keep my attention. Mm-hmm. I thought, okay, we might be in for this here. This is, this looks good. And the plant pods themselves are like, it's it's almost like a bulbous green stem with the tiny little purplish red flower that comes yeah. out. Yeah, and you're gonna find out as the movies go on, these things grow to gargantuan size people pods. size. Yeah, yeah, which I thought looked like jalapenos. <laughs> like at some <laughs> point, it's like come and get your giant space jalapeno. <laughs> We're gonna make some nice salsa later on in the show. They sure are. But they they took a long time showing the credits over those plants. Though I expected some like David Attenborough style like narration. It's like the plant goes through the thing. I was like, oh, that'd be cool. Due to climate change, <laughs> the plant had to evolve. But then we were introduced to our main lead, Donald Sutherland. His name is Matthew. What a great introduction! Is yeah. he the he's the health inspector guy? Yeah. Right? Yes. He's okay. A, and which is a change from the original. In the original, the main character is a doctor. 
So I love when this happens, when you see a piece of like classic film or media, and then you suddenly get references from every other thing you've seen that's referenced this movie. In Bob's Burgers, there's a health inspector. He's the friend of um, Hugo, the main health inspector that always messes with Bob. And he looks like Donald Sutherland's character from this movie. And he works for the Department of Health. Nice. And he's got very much same uh, mannerisms. Yes. And I was like, oh, my God, I finally get where this is from now. Like, because I didn't know that was a reference to something. But when he popped up, everyone in the room was like, that's Ron from Bob's Burgers. And I was like, oh, my God, you're right. It like blew my mind. I was like, that's so cool. And he's from the Department of Health. Nice. And man, is he he's he's so dedicated to his work. Like he's he just really believes his job. like he's like the Serpico of Department of yeah. Health. He's going through this French restaurant with a black light, like looking in the rice like. You think someone splooged in the rice? Like, what are you looking I'm for? I'm glad he's out there. Fucking <laughs> more health inspectors need to be like him. All right. And you know what he found? He found the crepe. It, a caper. <laughs> a caper. A caper. It's yes, a, caper. a crepe. <laughs> that yeah, would have been he, a very he, different he, scene. What is that? A caper. No. Do you presume to tell us what is in this stock? It's a rat turd. A what? A rat turd. A caper. A rat turd. A caper. It's a caper. Eat it. It's a caper. Oh, <laughs> rat turd. No, 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 no. It's like big old back and forth. Great scene. That main French chef looks exactly like the, the asshole main French chef from the movie Ratatouille. And he's like, you have rats. Cause I like made a joke. I was like, there's a rat under someone's hat making them make soup <laughs> right now. And that dude looks exactly like the, the main bad guy from Ratatouille. I was like, this movie has influenced so much like <laughs> art at this point. It was so crazy. We're going to have a list made out. Garrett's going to make a list of every reference ever used that Invasion has I'm been I'm sorry. <laughs> I was so excited to see these because I was like, no, it's all right. this stuff was falling in place. I was like, how have I missed this? Because like, like, like Citizen Kane, when you don't realize all the references that come from Citizen Kane and like, like um, The Exorcist and stuff, and then you finally see it and you're like, holy shit, this thing is nonstop like a part of like pop culture. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's always great to see something that you never knew was a reference. Just like, Oh, click in the place. There it is. Yeah. Um, but he's arguing about this rat turd. It's a caper. It's a rat turd. And rabbit season, duck season. (laughs) When he finishes his inspection, he goes out to his car and all the chefs in that restaurant has like smashed up his car. Like the glass is broken in and he just gets in and drives off like nothing happened. Yeah. yeah really he threw a wine up, bottle dude. into his windshield and cracked yeah, it. I mean, this dude is like a, a city employee. Like, yeah. why did he could have called the cops on these guys and like, they just fucked my car up. Right. And this also he's, there's still a restaurant. He's going to have to health inspect them again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not going to go well for you, but he's like the dirty herald of like fucking like health inspectors. He's like, I know they hate me, but I've got a job to do. And you're like, Whoa. <laughs> yeah. And then he goes back to, which is one of the most unbelievable parts for me. I, oh. I can't, believe this would be true but they have a whole forensics lab <laughs> at the health station health inspection headquarters <laughs> he's like get me a rat i'm gonna find out if this is a turd or a caper and he, like they put it in like one of those centrifuges and it's just like what is happening it's right like a now? csi miami yeah. level like lab for a health department yeah like the budget for this health inspector is just through the roof yeah, they're in like some like palatial building it's insane yeah like, it, it feels like they are in some large like D not even it's bigger than the DMV. Yeah. It's, in real life, like the health department's like a fucking closet in the back of city hall somewhere. San Francisco does not fuck around with their health of restaurants. Or at least they didn't in 1978. Yeah, apparently not. So then Elizabeth, right? That's her name. Yeah. Elizabeth, Elizabeth is, I'm coming to get you down. <laughs> is like walking down the street, I guess. And she sees one of these flowers and picks it. 
It's apparently a thing people do is take flowers off of oh, streets. Yeah, I was like, don't just stick your nose in a random plant. So she's the one that brought it into the house? She, yeah, yes. she brought it into the house. Okay. Because she sits down on the bed because her husband, Jeffrey, or husband or boyfriend? Husband. Boyfriend. Husband. They live together. They're married. Her male, her male <laughs> companion um, is watching the, the basketball game with his headphones on, and she comes in, and she's like, hey, check out this weird plant. And then immediately sits on the bed and exposition dumps, exposition dumps, the entirety of, like, plant like science i so there's a technical word for it um i do not know what it is I believe it's plantology plantology <laughs> all right horticulture horticulture, horticulture. you fucking nerd plantology um, way better my all dad right. has a degree in horticulture nice. so get out of here so did you watch this movie be like that's bullshit <laughs> i watched it alone this time so i didn't have <laughs> he's the like the science is right baby <laughs> yeah um yeah so she sits down and she's like oh this looks like a foreign invading plant that's basically fused another plant these are called something guys and blah, 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 blah. And she just goes, yeah, off. it was like an earth science lesson. Like, holy shit. I was lady. like, I was like, yeah, get all of it out right now. So we don't have to question any of this later. Meanwhile, Jeff's got his headphones on. Didn't hear fucking shit. He's watching the basketball game. Yeah. My man's into it. <laughs> he says the playoffs. So I understand. Yeah. Well, they're definitely setting up that there's some disconnect going on between this husband and wife. It's very easy to see why Jeff is a tool. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Not only are they setting that up because immediately the next scene we get a hardware. Um, who's the main character's name again? Matthew. Matthew starts because I think she works with them or she knows them. Yeah, they, I think they work together. Yeah, I think she she runs the lab because he's like, "Can you check this this thing out turd. for me?" But <laughs> check no, no. this turd he, out. He says something to the effect of, "He goes also test this baked potato," and he like hands her a baked potato. <laughs> yes. What the fuck? Test it how? What like, do you want to know? Have you been keeping this potato? <laughs> I'm sure it's only half baked. Yeah, <laughs> but it's definitely turd in here. <laughs> But yeah, like he and her are standing super close. It's almost like, okay, how many times have you two fucked? Like, yeah, they have was, a weird relationship. They have a very weird kind of like work wife relationship where you're like, mm. there's chemistry being built here. Yes. Yes. You can feel it. Like it's not maybe. hard to beat headphone Jeff. So I can see why. <laughs> so they go to sleep, I guess. And he wakes up and Jeff's somehow acting weird, which is hard to tell because he's already fucking weird. Because well, he, he takes the takes the trash out and he's throwing away what looked like steel wool or something yeah, like that. And I was like, shit. what the hell is that stuff in the trash can? Which evidently comes back later, but... Um, and then she, she goes to work and she tells Matthew like, hey, fucking Jeff's being weird. And Matthew's like, come to this party. Well, that's the thing. Is she says, Jeff's being weird. And I was like, the only thing we saw Jeff do was take out the trash. Is For that Jeff, that weird of behavior? Yeah. I was like, what the hell is your problem, She was Jeff? like, I'm going to need to call an expert in here. because <laughs> this, this is, is not <laughs> my husband. This motherfucker's never done trash. Well, he doesn't just take it out, though. Like, he's standing out there staring down the street for what seems like a minute and a half without yeah. moving. So, But that's not enough to be like, that's well, not have, my husband. Apparently, they also have a weird conversation, right? Like, before she goes oh, off to do. work. Yeah, they do. He, she's like, all right, I love you. He's like, whatever. <laughs> deuces yeah so then she goes and tells matthew about it and i do want to mention that matthew donald sutherland's character has like a hobby of cutting out newspaper clippings whatever is bizarre and weird is this man is it into was? it yeah because one of the newspaper clippings he cut out says web shrouds the bay which i was like i thought it, i thought that was a miss like print and he was like cutting it out because like well that's crazy and i was like well that is crazy what does that mean i think that's like the pods that entered our atmosphere and uh, they were kind of building up on the bay like the webbing good and catch stuff. so i think that's was hinting is that, at is that. that the foam from the planet that we saw maybe yeah, i think that's mm. what it is so it's kind of giving you the hints that oh it's already by land or sea like it's not just uh, isolated to jeff you know, yeah. it's happening everywhere. And she tells Matthew, like, hey, I think Jeff's being weird. And Matthew, classic 70s gaslights her, like, 
maybe you need to see a psychiatrist. Yeah, tell you what, crazy lady, why don't I get you some help? <laughs> like, you know what's crazy? Dayton and Jeff. So let's get you over to Spock. This is like, what, 15 minutes into the movie? 10 minutes into yeah, the movie? It moves very fast until it doesn't. But what's crazy about this <laughs> is like, we already have our first like, hey, there's something wrong with Jeff. But if you look at the background, because I'm always watching backgrounds and shit like that, there's at least like six people in this scene where he's like, hey, I don't know what you're talking about, that are staring creepily. And I was like, this is weird. Why are these people staring at the camera? Like, why are they watching her? Like, I thought like they go to the party at the end and there's people staring. And I was like, oh my God, this is intentional. Right. Like, so well, you, do, you would do immediately get the hint that... um this is more widespread than just Jeff. Well, yeah, because when they're driving to the party, they yes. see that hit and run, and people are just like, hmm, that's fucking weird. There's people standing on the street, like, staring off in the distance, looking at random stuff. I mean, it's yeah. definitely kind of, like, all over the place. So they, they, There's also a scene where Matthew, uh, Matthew Donald Sutherland goes to get his laundry, and the laundry guy's like, my wife isn't my wife. Oh, yeah, yeah. the Asian uh, yeah. laundry guy, he's like, that's not my wife, because she's being very emotionally, emotionlessly rude to Donald Sutherland, and he's like, the, the husband's like, hey, that's not my wife. Yeah. Guess not my wife. So what you're going to find out is that people are changing and the doctors and everybody are trying to explain it away. It's like, oh, well, you once you're in a marriage for X amount of time, people change. He's the worst psychiatrist. The thrill is gone. Okay, I'm just saying. (laughs) It's going to get boring. Yeah, this lady's like, dude, my husband is being so bizarre. And uh, Leonard Nimoy's like... This sounds like a you problem. <laughs> Have you tried butt stuff? You're just like, God damn, yeah. dude. Come on. He's let's take like this the seriously. the worst fucking psychiatrist. Yeah. And this is at the party, right? Is that where they meet up with Spock? Yeah. So they're, Spock. they're like, let's go. We're going to call him Spock oh, so many times. It was so hard to not, because he also plays like this very logical, um, keep your emotion. Yeah, it's very it's like, close to his character. But he does have a lot of emotion in his lines, which I really enjoyed seeing yes. him outside of the Spock but character. But I just saw Spock. Um, and so, yeah, they go to this party because I guess Spock wrote a book, Kibner. Kibner released this book. And this is where we meet Jeff Goldblum, who fucking hates Kibner. They don't even think they really explain why. He's just like, let me tell you about Kibner. He's a tool. And the, he's talking to this lady, and she's like, how could you say that about a man like Kibner? And Goldblum just doubles down. He's like, I'm not saying it about a man like Kibner. I'm saying it about Kibner. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, damn, he hates this guy. Well, is, that's got to be tied to the old way of thinking. Like, psychology is nothing. It's not important. You know, yeah. mental health is not but something Gold, that needs to be... If Goldblum was like a real like conservative-type character, I would get it. But he runs like a fucking New Age mud bath location. You think he'd be riding well, the he's, psychology Well, he's a wave. writer, too, and he's upset that Kibner keeps making books so quick and kicking them out like they're fucking uh, like... There's, that's the thing. He's like, he's like, he puts out a book like every month. It takes me six months to sometimes write a paragraph. His stuff has no substance. My stuff is like next level, like blah, blah. <laughs> and he's really upset with fucking Donald Sutherland's character because Kibner keeps just pumping out garbage, in yeah. his opinion, and he can't get his book released. And while Donald Sutherland is on the phone trying to talk to the cops about like oh, what a tool to like, Jeff, man. I guess like the accident that he's happened on the way there. The accident. Yeah, where the guy gets hit by the car as we discussed earlier. Um, what's his face's character? Oh, Kevin McCarthy, that who whole, did his uh, his um, cameo. Yeah, his cameo, because that's what they see on the way to this party. He's on the phone with the police. He's like, Oh no, you should have heard about it. This guy got hit. He was bleeding. He's probably dead. And then Goldblum is like right behind him, like Ta- having a conversation <laughs> to the side of his face. I'm like, Goldblum, stop. Yeah. Like he's, he's like, on the on fucking the phone, phone dude. Right. Yeah. Eventually he plays like, dude, I'm on the phone. And, and then, and then at the same time, there's another woman at the party who's like talking to another Nimoy and basically like, yeah. that's not my husband. That's not my husband. And Nimoy's playing matchmaker. He's like, Hey, calm down. It's okay. Like you guys were talking yeah. about. He totally this blames is, her. This is all playing out at the same exact time. There's so much people talking over each other in this movie <laughs> that I was like, 
shut up one at a time. Yeah. But yes, Goldblum will not stop talking. Like clearly Donald Sutherland's not looking at you. Cocaine is a hell of a drug, dude. <laughs> you damn right. <laughs> and Leonard Nimoy's character is uh, somewhat of a celebrity at this point. Yeah, like, he's like a are pop psychologist. To to I, I asked about that because someone was like, oh, doc-, the police were like, oh, you're Dr. Kibner. I was like, how the fuck do they know? And then that's when everyone in the room explained to me like, oh, he's just that well known. I was like, okay, that makes sense. Right. So then Elizabeth talks to Spock and Spock's like, look, you know, like you guys are saying, the thrill is gone. Welcome to your new boring married life. Have at it. <laughs> He's also said, like, I've had several reports of this. And it's yes. like you guys are getting into some sort of mass hysteria thing where you're all feeding on each other's emotion that this is happening. But it's, I promise you, it's your significant other. Just give it some time. Yeah. Uh, and then she's like, got it. Let me go follow him. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone leaves the party. Like, Matthew, yeah. like, leaves. Um, Elizabeth leaves. Nimoy follows him, Goldblum follows him, and they're all still like trying to have their own conversations. And then uh, Matthew goes, Jeff Goldblum, leave him alone. He's trying to give Elizabeth like therapy. She's having a trouble with this. And then everyone goes their own separate ways at this point. Right, and and that's when yeah. Matthew gives her a ride home back in. Because Spock is like, take her back home to, I think he calls her her boyfriend. Take her back home to Jeff. Like to Jeff, he, she's yeah. having some trouble. Take her home to Jeff. Whatever's going there, they'll, they'll sleep yeah. it off type thing. And then. Jeff Goldblum goes to a mud bath, right. which I did not know were real things outside of Howard the Duck. Same. I was way amazed. Like, this shit just used to exist in San Francisco? And I was like, this place looks like it smells like staph infection and farts. Yeah, it smells, like, <laughs> yeah. It was so grody. Like, I don't think, like, I have trouble sometimes getting in, like, pools or hot tubs that I know, like, I don't know the last time it's been clean. I'm passing. <laughs> but, like, I looked at this, and there was, like, men, naked men in fucking vats of mud, and I was like, I'm out. How sin? Sanitary is your mud. Yeah. Everything it smells about like this. what I imagine hippies smell like. <laughs> like the original OG 60s hippies. Patchouli. Yeah. Um, but I think before we get to Matthew's thing, Elizabeth follows Jeff. But yeah. Yeah. She, she follows, follows him, him and sees him interacting with people. Guys in business suits. Yeah. Some like, like weird scenes. Like random weird hive mind type shit. Like they walk to each other. They kind of look at each other. They shake hands and then they walk away. Like yeah. almost like they're like greetings. We get it. Let's go. And so and then, now she's like, all right, for sure some weird shit's There's happening. multiple people in on this crazy shit. Right. Oh, because then when he does come home, he's like, oh, yeah, I gave my playoff tickets away. And that, Elizabeth. She is, knew. She's she like, like, there's like, no way. Because this dude is obsessed with basketball. Yeah. Like, if someone offered me, like, season pass of Spurs tickets, and they were like, I'd be like, no, nah, I'm good. So I'd be like, what the fuck is wrong with Garrett? Yeah. She's like, mm, okay, you're definitely not my husband now. He would never give away playoff tickets. I'm leaving. Some weird shit's happening. By the way, 2020 Spurs, we got this. <laughs> I think we're going somewhere. And I think now, yeah, to your point, at the mud parlor is when shit really starts to get weird. And the movie, all of a sudden, also just pumps its fucking brakes. Because up till now, it has been like a... Very, very quick. Well, this is the part of the movie where I paused it because I was like, wow, we have burned through so much yeah. plot and development. Like, we probably have like 30 minutes left. We had an hour and 15 minutes left of the I movie. The I was thing. like, whoa, like what else can happen here? So back the, the mud place, was this a place that Nancy ran? Yes. They seem like yeah. they worked there, right? Yeah, Nancy, Nancy, I think, and owns Goldblum it. And, like worked yeah, there? Yeah, they're like a team of mud bath owners. I, yeah. think Nancy, I think it's Nancy's place and he's dating her or married to her and they just kind of like, eh, this is the mud bath place. And there's a scene of a very large man uh, disrobing and getting on a oh, table. Dude, you... Then we have some of that plot going that yeah. you guys are talking about. And now mm-hmm. we come back. And the big man is now what they see is like a, a just a, a flesh sack without like any character yeah. traits, right? 
And so she screams and goes and gets uh, Jeff Goldblum's character. Yeah, imagine, imagine if you will, like a spring roll that's been soaked in water for too yes. long. Like mm-hmm. it just, it's kind of translucent, but it's like there's no dis- discernible feature to it. It's just kind of this weird, amorphous, clear, whitish blob. It's just kind of covered in a layer of thin fuzz. And they're like, look, he's got no fingerprints. He's got, you know, he's, he's what is this? As the plot's playing out, as uh, Elizabeth understands that Jeffrey's not her husband, like, um, they call uh, Matthew, Matthew, Donald Sutherland, to come check this out. So Sutherland shows up to um, work with Goldblum and Nancy. This and does not seem to be the health inspector's fucking purview. I'd be calling, like, somebody. I think, I think it was a friend. I think it was like, hey, you know health stuff. Come check this out for us. <laughs> Look at quick. this weird shit. And that's when they start looking at it, and they're like, it has no fingerprints. It's not breathing. It's like... Well, this is when they... Doesn't, isn't this where they find out it looks like Jack? Jeff Goldblum's yes, character. Yes, he slowly starts to yeah, morph. Yeah, he's like, "What is this? A fucking joke?" He's like, like he's well, really he, mad he goes, about he goes, it. Wait, how tall are you, Jack? He's like six five, and he's like, he. That's when he kind of like, "Holy shit, this kind of looks like Jack." This is about the same yeah. proportion. There's like nothing that makes me realize how uh, out of shape we've gotten as a country is when in old movies they talk about their height and weight. Jeff Goldblum's six five and one hundred and seventy five pounds. It's like, holy shit. That was before we got the uh, 44 ounce to be the As normal. As you said, <laughs> cocaine is a hell of a drug. Yeah. <laughs> so Matthew realizes, holy shit, this is what's going on at Elizabeth's Elizabeth. house. Right. So he speeds off and he's like, call Spock. Um, <laughs> I got to go over and help her out and I'll be back. It just just do it. And like he he scrambles off. And then we get a really tense scene of... Sutherland sneaking into Elizabeth's house. Like, I felt the tension. No, no, not sneaking. Breaking in. Yeah, man's a criminal. Sneaking out. He goes in there to check on her, but, like, he can't get in, and then he realizes the front door is locked. Jeffrey is sitting there with his headphones on watching basketball, which I guess he's suddenly into it again. And so Sutherland goes downstairs, down the back alley, downstairs to their basement, breaks the window with his elbow, reaches in, pulls off the fucking piece of wood, blocking the downstairs door, and sneaks into their house. That's a B and E, baby. Yeah, he's a cat burglar. That's it, I mean, that's he's obviously done this before. He's way too smooth at it. Look, to be he is a time. heavy duty. He's gonna get that health inspection done. <laughs> he's gonna find them turds. Yeah, go try to. He's gonna find those turds. <laughs> <laughs> a what? A rat turd. So he goes up into Elizabeth's room, and boom, we see a full-on doppel of her being raised inside of a greenhouse setting. Yeah. All these plants everywhere. She's passed out on the bed and she's starting to grow a layer of like flaky, weird skin. Um, so yeah. this is, I guess this is a good point to talk about how this metamorphosis takes place. So are we supposed to believe the plant put people into a deeper than normal sleep? Yes. It puts them in like a coma like okay. state where they basically kind of like, they duplicate them via moisture, I guess, because the people seem to be becoming drier and flakier yeah. while these like pods start like basically getting filled with goo. And then like, I guess, I guess you're going to describe how like people come out of the yeah. pod. Like born. So we, 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 you got your space jalapeno. Yeah. And you set it next <laughs> to your victim. And then the tendrils as seen in one scene with Donner Sutherland later on. Like little kind of, hairy, like vermicelli yeah, vermicelli come out and like attach itself to you maybe by wrapping around your arm or something and i think that's where the data transfer starts <laughs> the data transfer and it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the usb cord of the space jalapeno and it, you're you're transferring all the traits over <laughs> to your space <laughs> jalapeno oh my god okay i'm sorry <laughs> that got me go ahead so as the the data of the human is transferred into the pod you start to dry out and turn into a husk. A dataless husk. Yeah. 
So once your once your personality has been transferred to the plant, you are effectively dead. Well, they don't transfer your personality. They transfer your memories. Well, it does everything but your emotions. Uh, yes. Now we're really become, diving into, is your yeah. emotions your personality? I guess no, your likes it's not. and dislikes sure. transfer. Sure. It's it's a nebulous area, but yes. yes. It's, but you realize that once you become that husk, that's what everyone's been throwing out. Because also in the this movie, you see that the sanitation, the trash men are working round the clock 24-7, it seems like. Every scene, it's a trash man somewhere in the background. And they're putting this like, Look like fucking steel wool, like husky stuff in the back of their. Um, yeah, they're get rid they're, of the corpses. They're getting rid of the husk people. The husk people. <laughs> um, that's what's happening. But yeah, that's how the whole process goes. It's really creepy. Like the way they show it, the effects and stuff are really creepy. But yeah, so the reason we describe this is because he breaks into Elizabeth's house. He sees she's getting dry and flaky on the bed, yeah. and he looks into what the bathtub. Yeah, like it's a closed off shower area that's been turned into like a terrarium An for atrium. plants in a greenhouse. Yeah. My last apartment had an atrium. And he can, um, he really can, likes plants. He sees another half-formed body just like the one at the mud house. And he's like, oh, shit. And he wakes her up. And apparently you can interrupt the process as if you waked up the victim. Right. He restarted the body. Yeah. And then the body- <laughs> Hard va- reboot. Hard. Now the body vanishes, right? Or it's moved by Jeff. I don't remember. I couldn't tell which I it was. I think Jeff, because like when he's leaving, because remember he's leaving and he makes a noise, like something breaks downstairs or he knocks something over. So I think Jeff realized someone was in the house and he left because Jeff ends up at the mud bath after they all go back. Remember? Right. He's got Elizabeth there and that's when the Spock shows up. Yeah. And he's like, there's nothing here. The body's gone. You know, they're oh, looking yeah. for it. And the, the, the doppel... Uh, half-baked pod person is gone now. The the future Jeff Goldblum is missing. But yeah, so at this point, we've got Leonard Nimoy there. We've got Donald Sutherland. We've got we got Matt, Dr. Kibner. We've got Elizabeth, who was carried by uh, Matt. We've got Goldblum. we got Nancy. And they're all discussing this. They can't find uh, Goldblum's pod body. We also had a scene where the pod started bleeding and Goldblum started bleeding at the same time. So we now have kind of proof that they are connected and Goldblum's like on board because of that when that happened. And so Nimoy's like, look, there's nothing we can do here. And then the cops show up with Jeffrey and they're like, where's my wife? I think they they all converge back on Elizabeth's house. Yeah, that's right. That's right. They babe. all show up yeah. with Spock and they're like, there's another body. I'll show you yes, Elizabeth's Because Matt's like, I'll show you another one of these. I'll show you the proof because I just saw one. Yeah. So they bust into Elizabeth's room and that copy's gone. And then the cops show up, and I swear to God, one of them was David Carradine. He it looked, looked like it. It looked like David Carradine. <laughs> but it wasn't. But yeah, they're in the back, and the cops are like, what's going on here? And there's like a breaking and entering. And he kidnapped my wife. You know, I love the cops. Line. He's, like, the cops. Yes. he's like, so let me get this straight. You broke in here? And he's like, yes, but wait, hold up. <laughs> like, this is his moment. I was like, I just admitted to a crime. Yeah, I was like, oh, this got twisted around real quick. <laughs> they're like, there's nobody. There's nothing here. And they turn to Jeff and he's like, do you want to press charge? And he's like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> and they're like, he's like, is Elizabeth coming home tonight? Donald Sutherland. And he's like, no, we're going to take some clothes. She's staying at my place. And he's like, okay. Yeah. Jeff was just like, yeah, take my girl. It's, it's emotionless. Yeah. He's got no, this is, this is also after though. Like there's been some scenes where they're having di- uh, Matt and Elizabeth are having dinner together. And he's all like, why don't you just stay here? Like, there's very much like, look straight up. I will bone you if you're if you say yes, yeah. regardless of your like relationship status. When she says like, when he's like, she's gonna stay at my place, and Jeff's like, okay, it's like, uh, okay, 
Jeff clearly doesn't give a shit about anything anymore. He's he's let off with a warning, basically. And this is where we find out that Spock and the cops are in on it. So Spock is a pod person at that point. The whole time. Okay. As far as I can tell, he was one from the beginning. Oh. Because he really, like, he gets in that car and he's like, we've got to do this now. Like, the time frame's moved up. And I was like, holy shit, because Spock was kind of emoting earlier in these scenes. I was like, when did he get taken over? And I mean, has he been yeah, that way the whole time? Maybe when he was first introduced, he might not have been yet, but he was Very changed early. there shortly At the after point that. after the mud house and after the the uh, Liz's house, okay. yeah, he definitely was. Because he gets in the car with those cops, and he's like, we got to do this. We got to move right. this up now. They're all hanging out at Matthew's house now. Yes. They're all kind of just like, we don't know what's happening. We got to figure this thing out. So Nancy, Jeff, uh, Nancy Matthew. Jack. Or yes. Jack is right. Jeff Goldberg. Nancy, Jack, uh, Elizabeth. Elizabeth, and Matthew are all at Matthew's house. And they're all like in on this, like, okay, some weird shit's going on. This is all plant-based uh, fucking hijinks. We got to figure it out. Let's figure it out. And then they all fall asleep, which was not very wise of them. Which they, they which is kind of hinted to maybe we shouldn't fall asleep because that's when it tends to happen. Right. They had pieced together that in sleep is when they get duplicated. Because Nimoy, as he's leaving them, dropping them off at that house, he goes like, why don't you just go get some sleep? You'll feel better. And yeah. it was like, oh! To the oh. point where he gives a sedative to Elizabeth. And he's like, this will help her sleep. Yeah, but she doesn't take it, right? I think she does. I thought she did. Oh, okay. I must have missed that. Come on, we're not turning down pills in this day and age. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Matthew's character goes outside. He's like made himself a little drink, and he sits down in the lawn chair. Yeah. Out in his garden or the it's like the a little patio. Garden. It's like a little yeah. patio it's with some cool potted place. plants. In modern San Francisco, it'd be like seven million dollars a month. It's like an urban grotto. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he falls asleep in this chair, and one of the pods tendrils come out and start wrapping around his arm, and you can see his eyes roll back in his head Very a little cool. bit. Yeah, like it's going to start the process now on Matt, which it does. So during the pod process, it splits open and then it spits out the little yeah. non-formed person. A it's full so cool. formed, like full, Blank human. like an adult fetus type thing. And they actually call it that earlier in the, the mud house. He's like, it doesn't have fingerprints. It's almost like a fetus. And it was like, holy crap. And then, yeah, when they actually like all bust out of the pods half formed, I was like, oh my God, like it freaked me out. I was like, what the hell is going on? Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, luckily Nancy had woken up or she hadn't gone to bed yet. Yeah. I guess she came out to check on Matthew and she starts yelling at him, Matthew, it's happening to you. Wake up. He like wakes up and like, what does he do? He grabs like a pitchfork yeah, and he starts so- looking at all of them. He's like, I can't kill you cause you look too much like my friend. Yeah. But but then he, he stabs his own face in. Should have done it anyway. Cause he's obviously not your friend. Right. Like, yeah. I don't understand that. If Mark, if we're like standing there and I see like a demon deformed version of you, guess what? That thing's getting punched in the face. Please destroy it. Yeah. yeah. On my you behalf. have my permission to destroy <laughs> yeah. my doppelgangers. But this is where Nimoy and all the cops, they all surround the apartment building. Well, I, I'm Matthew not quite tries sure. To call the he police. Call, oh, right. right. He's yeah. like, Oh my God, some weird shit's going on. And they're like, just relax, Matthew. And he's like, wait they're a way second. too dismissive. And that's when he's kind of like, well, oh, and they know shit. his name. And they're yeah, he's like, like, I didn't even tell you my name. How'd you know it was me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's how they knew where he was and why uh, Spock and the police come. At this point, it seems like there's only a handful of people who are not turned yet. I think it's like really few at the agreed. Yeah, just a handful of people left. I, I I was almost assuming it's just the them four. That's what I thought too, but I was like, there's no way it can just be those four left. But yeah, it was very much a, like a dawn of the dead, like we're the last ten people on earth, you know, type thing. And it was like, whoa. What we see at this point is them basically gonna be running from the doppels or the plant pod. Right. So it begins the chase part of the movie. Yeah. The the 40-minute chase part yeah. of the movie. It wasn't that long, but it felt really long. Uh so they sneak out of Matthew's place. 
place. And this is where they find out that if the pod people figure out that you're not a pod person, they are going to point and yell at you. In a very terrifying yell. They're hiding behind a trash can. And Jeff Goldblum's like, I'll go distract him. You guys run away. And like he runs out and Nancy's like, me too. And like chases him down. And we're supposed to believe that they're both caught. Jeff very, very Shaun of the Dead type thing where yeah. like my boyfriend, you're like, oh boy. So Elizabeth and Matthew get to escape and there's a lot of scenes of them running and hiding. I don't, yeah. know, I don't know a better They're way like to describe woods. it. At some point, they're in a cab. I remember that. It reminded me of They Live. Oh, they're trying they, to go to the airport. They go, right, but before they go back to the health department, because my favorite scene comes, where they go to the health department, and uh, Matt and Elizabeth are like, oh, I have these pills that'll keep us awake. And Matthew's like, how many does it say to take? She's like, one. He's like, got it. Take fucking five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to OD on this. Uh, I'm going to punch a hole through the sun. Yeah, it's... <laughs> crazy they try to escape via airplane the taxi cab driver is not first, yeah. uh, he's not a uh, he's not a normal he's a person. person so the cops show up and they escape into the woods and that's where they make it back to the health ins- inspection right. duplex office <laughs> yeah. building and they're hiding out in there and they're like uh we'll just got to stay awake till morning yeah, and now they're, they're hopped up on five times the amount of speed yeah. or whatever they're supposed to have taken and then they get caught yeah very spock shows up spock shows up and he's like Stop fighting it, dude. This is pretty rad. Like, this is just the next step of human evolution. I hate you. We don't hate you. There's no need for hate now. Or love. There are people that will fight you, David. They'll stop you. In an hour. You won't want them to. Don't be trapped by old concepts. You're evolving into a new life form. We came here from a dying world. We drift through the universe from planet to planet, pushed on by the solar winds. We adapt and we survive. Don't worry about it. You're still you. You're just not going to have any emotions. Bro, we are straight up chill all the time. Yeah. And I'm going to be honest with you guys. I would sign up for plant rehabilitation. Would you really? What? Yeah. Let's do it. To be fair, John, this is not much different than you living your normal life. Okay. You come home, you watch movies, you chill. Yeah. But (laughs) you go to work, you come home. Uh, also, I'm going to the rodeo today, so no, I do other bullshit. And I'm going to the plant rodeo. I, uh, you know, love my wife, so I do feel some emotion here. Look, I just see it as the next step of of our evolution, right? To We've be got emotionless. These, yeah, why not? It, it, emotions cause so many bad things to happen in this world. But, we so just there lost are all points those. to be made on both sides of this argument. But so much good things. How can you make in, art without emotion? In 100 years. Let some of the plant generations flow through. No one's going to remember this oh, shit. Oh, how boring would sex be as plant people? I don't think even think they it, have sex. They, they reproduce by plant. Think of it as like, you know, the human tailbone. It's something we used to have and we got rid of it. This is vestigial. It's just, it's, Mark, it's this is a sad shit. view into I'm your life. I'm <laughs> still upset we've lost that tail. Plug me into the begonias. Okay. Uh, Charge noted. me up and take away I would love emotions. to be able to pull my seat underneath me with my tail. That'd be so awesome. It'd be nice to have a <laughs> handy dandy tail. I don't want a tail. I have my tail whip my chair around Pants backwards would look and very sit down weird. all cool. We've learned something about ourselves today. I want to be a plant. He wants to be an ape. Yeah. I don't want to be an ape. I mean, Apes to be fair, I've already tails. got gorilla-like body proportions. <laughs> you mean a monkey. So. A monkey. You're yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. But, have you ever seen a gorilla with a tail? 
That'd be terrifying. <laughs> oh my God. It's an alligator tail. <laughs> I'm saying it seems that you're mostly still you. Are you minus see, the emotion? Well, Nimoy seemed to be pretty much like expressive and no. like all put together. So now we get into the like philosophy of what is you, which might be a bit you know much for this podcast. Ooh, the collective is. But if you are, and I thought about this with Star Trek all the time. If you get teleported and all your atoms get disintegrated and you're remade with new atoms in a new place, are you still you? Old yeah. you died. Oh. A new version is a copy of you. Yes, yeah. It's like they're not transporting that. Well, are they transporting or recreating? No, they're recreating. They're transporting. I don't a know pattern. about enough about Star Trek. I sh- I should ask my girlfriend. She knows way too much about Star they are, Trek. They are transporting the pattern that makes you up. So that's you're why they call it the every time. Yes, you, you're being evaporated from existence every time you get teleported. That's why they call it the pattern buffer because they're transferring a pattern of you, and then you're reconstituted with atoms Holy on the shit, spot. This changes the game. Yes, and and this, this is, is why you should play the video game Soma because it touches a lot on what you're talking. And this is what right happens now. to the pod people. You yes, are getting the copy dies. You die. Yeah. Which then I don't think you are still you. You but are, are you sh- reborn a better you. If You're- my consciousness is transferred through the tendrils, I'm in. But how do you know your consciousness is still oh man, now we're really getting but into the thing it, man. is, do they I'd all share more. do they all share a consciousness though? Because when one screams, they all seem to kind of like pick up on it. Is this a Borg situation here? I don't know if they went too in depth on that. This is a mean, collective collective be a mind because if that's the case, yo, that's gonna be weird. <laughs> I don't know want to know what you think about Mark. I'm Again, you, we'll get used to it after a hundred years. I think the moment that your physical form dies. Whatever it is that made up you probably dies with it and is just a copy of you wow. that is running around. So okay. you're not religious then? If I have to perish. I guess that would make me religious because I'm thinking, I'm saying your soul doesn't transfer. I mean, I'm not religious. And I'm saying if your consciousness transfers to the copy, I'm all on board. But how do you, I mean, uh, it's so weird because I've thought about this. <laughs> like, okay, let's say that you can make a copy of you in a computer. Right, and it's like a co- weird science. No, like uh, that Black Mirror episode where you're okay, living in gotcha, the, or the gotcha. Matrix or whatever. Yeah, okay. right. And but yet you are still alive. Now there's two of no, you. Which one is the real you? You keep using the word copy. I'm using the word transfer. You got to transfer my consciousness to my two my, I my think new what, body. I think what John's saying is, is, does that consciousness actually transfer, or yeah. is it just duplicating that in duplicated. a new body? And he's arguing a copy. I'm yeah. saying an actual. But it can't transfer. be a transfer because these things are their own living but life the, forms. The husk is dead. Right. They, yeah, How you, do you know it hadn't dead. transferred your mind they into transferred, the, the plant body? Because Nimoy says we transfer your memories, we transfer your likes. The only mm-hmm. thing that doesn't get transferred is your emotions. You know why? Because your emotions are you. That's the part of you that it can't bring over. It, part of you is dying. Okay, then tell me this, and this is going to spoil the end of the movie. Okay. Why then is Donald Sutherland still cutting out co- uh, 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 newspaper articles at the end? Because I mean, because I assumed he was transferred into his maybe plant it's a body. merge, a merging of the of the personalities. Because what are these creatures? Why would a life form exist that solely travels the universe to strip away emotions to transfer people? I feel like it's a evolutionary mechanic to get rid of one of the few things that is so destructive inside a species because it's our emotions that make us kill. But these didn't it's our emotions our that planets. make us like destroy our planet. It's our emotions for greed and things like that that make us do things. So to get rid of that, that linchpin of, for lack of a better term, destructiveness, it's weeded out the one thing, but why did it need to flee its planet? Right. It's, yeah, it weeded it out from it. Oh, because I think the planet was getting destroyed. 
But I, I think this is I like a Cal that, L situation. Here. Okay, okay. But it's not like an Independence Day style of like, we destroyed our planet and we're moving on. No, they're fleeing their planet, which means that there is an entity with a consciousness of its own that can make the decision, okay, our planet is flee is dying. We need to flee. We're going to Earth and we're taking over these people. But here's the thing. You say that. Yeah. But it's if you look at it as a plant spreading its spores and pollen, there's no um, hive mind behind that. That's just an action. So you're saying it's just a catalyst for evolving us into a species that basically does not possess the capability of quote unquote emotion, which is the thing that could destroy us as a species. It's almost like a, it's almost like an upgrade. It's like we basically got a firmware update to basically make us evolutionary stuff. But the thing is though, is they function as a species that's trying to survive. Hence, why would you, why wouldn't you just basically become a symbiosis with us humans, as opposed to having to re-completely duplicate us in your own plant image? You are devolved. You are not evolved. Okay, what you're describing is uh, like a house cat, right? You're going, okay, why does Donald... We don't have to bring cats into this. Why does Matthew continue to cut uh, newspapers? That's a great question because it obviously is not bringing him joy. So he's doing a mechanical rote action. Old Donald did this, so new Donald needs to do this, right? Why do you do something if it doesn't bring you joy? Or if it doesn't, I mean, otherwise, if you don't have emotion, all you do is eat, shit, fuck. That's it. But that's what I'm saying. Like, there's there's still some sort of interest in this. Action. Wow. I don't know about you, but I fuck with emotion, you guys. I'm just I mean, saying. I'm, I, I'm, I fucks I'm, with emotion. Yes. Like you said, otherwise, like, Jeffrey wouldn't be watching basketball. Uh, you know. They're going Matthew through me crazy because he gave away the tickets. Like, I was like, oh, he doesn't care anymore. Then he was watching basketball. And I was like, dude, if you're still into this, why'd you sell your tickets? Going through the motions. You're doing something mechanically, right? Because you. But why would you need to? If he was just a, uh, like what you said, they wouldn't be doing any of these things. They'd be I sitting think, docile in a chair until it's time to do something. You know what? By tearing this movie apart, I think we found a gigantic plot hole. Why do they do these things if you can't feel I don't joy? Think it's a plot hole. I think this is a discussion need to be had, which gets you thinking, which is what good sci fi should do. If there is no joy, then why do you do things why do you go to work right because i need money to survive to do things that brings me joy but there's other ways you could make money that could be happy you could actually like paint model star trek planes i do not have that skill set (laughs) why would they continue to go through the motions then of of some sort of economy great question i don't know like why would they spend money on anything you're now Listeners, carpe diem. Let, let this be a lesson to <laughs> you anything. Now, do what you love. Do yeah. not live a life that is devoid of emotion. It is emotions that clearly make us us. And without yes. that, what is the point of living? Why not just scream into the void and know that you are nothing? Uh, I mean, <laughs> counterpoint. We are on the verge of the end of the world Definitely. via climate change. Man. Plant people reprogram us. So we we have ice cream place. sandwiches. I will argue that we are still doing a okay, my friends. I phrase that uh, we're not at the end of the world. We're at the end of humanity. Earth is going to keep on fucking trucking just fine. That's true. Talk to the dinosaurs. They'll yeah. let you know. Garrett, those cows are going to go away. Your ice cream is going to go away. Uh, you fucking monster. <laughs> the only way to survive is become a Sign plant. me up for the plant, people. <laughs> <laughs> so to wrap this movie up, our, our two leads are the only ones left that we know of at this point. They're caught by Spock and the plant people. Really pathetically, to be honest. And how do they escape? Uh, okay, so Spock tries to sedate them. But he because, says, look over there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, be- what's that? Because they're all hopped up on speed, the sedation doesn't work. So they just pretend to be sedated. Uh, uh, that kids abuse your medicine. Yeah. Don't um, really abuse your medicine. That's not actually advice. Okay, so Jeff Goldblum, they realize that he's been caught and there's the duplicate talking to them. He's like, hey, don't fight it. It's, it's mostly painless. You won't even know if anything happened. Just go with it. Yeah, it's the, it's the worst sales pitch ever. Yeah. yeah. They overpower him and they kill him they in the process. They kill him. 
So now they're back on the run and um, they're sneaking around and they run into Nancy. Yeah, they just happen. I think they just happenstance. She's coming down. They're coming down the stairs of the back building and she's going up the right. stairs. And she's like, trying to oh, get to shit. them. And-, and there's that whole oh shit moment of like, are you one of them? And she's like, it's me. I've been pretending. Just don't have any emotion and they won't know that you're a real person. Real Shaun of the so Dead situation what here. what I'm thinking is maybe there's not a hive mind because wouldn't they feel them connected to it? Ah, good point. Yeah, that's, like, that's oh, possible. They're plugged in, that's one of us. So not only are they emotionless, they're stupid. All right, you. You, you quit talking <laughs> Wait, bad about my... How do they know to scream? Oh, because that's emotion. That's the alerted. Yes. Yeah, yes. never mind. If you express emotion, I... Answer so my own question. They they're like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna pretend to be a plant person. We won't won't show emotion. So they start wandering out of the back, and they get stopped by a cop or something. Right. He's like, hey, the line's over there. You two, you don't have your space jalapeno. Another reference, though, Shaun of the Dead. This is Shaun of the Dead's plot. They just yeah. pretend to be zombies. Yeah. And uh, again, this movie has been referenced by everything. So they get they have to go get in a line where there's just like a guy with a megaphone saying. If you live in Dayton, Ohio, or have somebody who lives in Dayton, Ohio, come get your space jalapeno. Leave uh, the Bronx. I could not. Uh, it immediately made me think of fucking airplane, because they're like, the yellow zone is for loading only. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, they're not funny anyway. Yeah, there's, so there's just lines of people lining up to get their pods and take it home and spread the love to the family members that don't live in the city. So they're like getting shuffled into this line, and they're slowly going over there. And then a dog with a human face appears. Dude. That fucking blew my mind. Okay. I, that's one of the parts I fell asleep at. And then I woke up just in time to see the dog with a human face. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I was like, I got to rewatch the end of this. Other than being horribly weird and shocking, I don't know how they created a dog with a face. Because I think that was a pod that was like, I got this. Like, I was like, ooh, wait, guys, I messed a up. A guy and his dog was sleeping. We saw a homeless person and a dog <gasps> sleeping That's while right. touching oh, so and the merged. pot absorbed both of them. So does that thinking, mean the guy with the banjo is part banjo, part human? I Probably so. he's a banjo with a human face being like, this fucking sucks. I wish there were more banjo <laughs> men on the streets as I walked around. How do they move? There was They're a real rash there. in San Francisco in 78 of banjo street players. So, Easily the most off-putting moment in the scene is right. just seeing that dog with a human face. And it, it like licks its human tongue out of its oh, mouth. And you're just it's like, so oh. weird. And Nancy could not keep it together. No, she screams and as one would. Yeah, I mean, Nancy, bite your fucking tongue. Yeah, it's terrifying, but also now look what you did. You alerted all the pod people. And the screeching starts again. And now we're back on the run. Yeah, this movie's a really long chase. Band <laughs> on the run. Um, and they and- make their way to the bay. And they're just like sitting there and Elizabeth's like, I can't stay awake anymore. Doesn't she sprain her ankle or some shit? Yeah, she yeah. She, she falls down like immediately. Yeah. <laughs> she trips over like fate and just like, yeah. ow, my ankle. And it was like, oh my God. And then they see a barge in the bay and he's like, by oh, Jove, we'll go by boat. No, he starts hearing bagpipes playing Amazing right. Grace and he's like, human beings maybe and he like wanders off and it's just some boat playing a music while they're loading all the space jalapenos <laughs> into the barge to well, go he across thinks they're the gonna water. get yeah, yeah he thinks they're gonna get away on this giant barge and he's like well go by boat i'll go check it out and then he gets up to it and then he sees that they're like loading the pods in bulk onto this giant freighter to guess to ship to the rest of the world Scotland, we're led to believe, based on the bagpipes. Yeah, it seems a little <laughs> bit over the top. Like each boat airs its own kind of music. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and then he runs back, and it's too late for Elizabeth. 
Yeah. She had fallen asleep. Elizabeth, I'm coming to get you. Seems uh, like she probably could have stayed awake with a sprained ankle, and considering this is all her fault. But so instead, he finds the husk, right? Yeah. He's and like, no, the, no, no. And then like naked Elizabeth behind a plant. Yeah, she stands up full on naked. We're like, there it is. So you get your full frontal. And she's just like, barely, though. It's mostly hidden yeah, by a plant. She's like, Matthew, it's not a problem. And it's Let's not overly sexual either. She just stands up naked. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. She's like, dude, what, what, are, you, what are you upset about? <laughs> it's time to plant, bro. <laughs> yeah, why, why close if you're plant people? You got no emotions. You got no shame. Point. Yeah, do they even feel arousal? I think after everybody's changed, maybe we could see what they are going to act like because they still got to pretend, right? Yeah. To lure the rest of everybody into oh, the Oh, yeah. Plant so mode. that's why we, so we haven't seen them collapse into a, a lazy husk because they still have to pretend. So they do, and they do have a mission. So they do at least feel the so need to propagate. Bored. Maybe they're, they're doing their hobbies and stuff like that. They're like, we got to make it look like it's still on the up and up, boys. Yeah. Yeah, they can't feel bored because boredom is an emotion. I, I yes to that to the degree, but as we're about to find out, Matthew gets captured, and we don't really know what happens. This dude's to him. really bad. Yeah. No, yeah. I give. He's him a props. great health inspector, but he's a terrible fucking like. Well, so he, he he's pretty realistic. He does burn a bunch of them though. What did you guys think of Elizabeth's shriek? I started laughing as soon as she like pointed at him, and started because she stuck her tongue out like a snake and yeah. was like, ah. I'm like. Oh, that's pretty. Well, funny. with the thing she did with her <laughs> eyes earlier in the movie when they're having dinner at the very oh, beginning, he's yeah. like, he's like, he's like, do that thing with your eyes, and she goes, wiggle, 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 wiggle. like it looks like the fucking googly eyed gremlin from Gremlins too. She can jitter her <laughs> eyes. I thought about. that would like play a role later. Like he'd be like, do the eye thing. To I thought that would be like their big like, yeah, prove yeah. that's you. Do the eye thing. Never this, comes up. This was put in the movie because someone said, hey, look at that thing Julie can do. Offset, yeah. and they're like, let's do it in the movie. You know, it's probably like that. So he's back on the run, Matthew is, and he runs into a greenhouse where he's, they're just growing the pods. Because that's where I would go if plants were taking over. Yeah, straight into the home base. Well, I think at this point he's given up. He's like, I'm yeah. just going to take out as many of them as I can and hope for the best. Because I'm, I'm going to the rainforest, baby. We're burning it down. <laughs> yeah, he just starts setting them all on fire. And that's where he gets apprehended. So then that's the end, right? Then the next scene is him walking to the health department. Well, they show Matthew in his apartment. He's cutting out newspaper clips. Doing his Matthew Kind of looking the same. You're like, well, did he change or not? Or is he cool? Is he faking? Did What's going on? I, I kind of immediately I, knew he had changed. I thought it was like he was like, okay, think, he's decided to fake it just to stay yeah, alive. That was the thing. Uh, I think that's what the movie was intending. Like, like, okay, he's accepted the fate. I might as well just fake it so I, I can. Like the only reason I didn't think that was because I thought, okay, they would have had to show us like some way of him escaping because they didn't, maybe it's because we've seen so many of these horror movies now. I'm like, mm. Mm, I, I was like, I don't think that's him. But that's but, the whole point of the last scene that yeah. stays with everybody is he's walking into the health office, health office and Nancy rolls up and she's like, Matt, and then he remembers all of her talk about faking it. And he just goes and starts doing his screech, screech. And that's the end of the movie. So Nancy's going to get it. Yeah. She's going to get it. Great scene. Cause then For Nancy sure. starts screaming and it's a, it is a very powerful, it's so impactful. Scene. Like the, the thing is, is like this movie's pacing is so weird because it feels like they crammed three movies into one movie they did. just cause there's so much that happens. But like I said, there was an hour and 15 left when I was like, well, they've almost summed up the plot. We've got to be in act three. And I was like, oh God, we're not. Yeah, it's like a, a mystery, a sci-fi movie, a noir movie, a chase movie, like all just shoved into but it's one. it's so fucking good. Yeah, 100% agree. But that end scene, yeah, it was just like, because I, I got the impression and I thought like, well, maybe he changed. But then I was like, oh no, he's decided to accept his fate. He's faking it like Nancy was doing because he's like, well, this is how I'm going to get by. And that's why he was clipping this stuff. He still was him doing his thing. Because, you know, the little joys, but he was doing it emotionlessly. And then when he actually screamed, I was like, holy shit. 
That actually yeah. got me. I did not see it coming. And the movie posits that nobody's going to survive this. This doesn't have a happy ending. Right. At least definitely not for our main protagonists. They get all wiped out. Nancy's on her way out. And I think that's a really cool ending. And this is definitely a classic movie. Yeah. Um, this differs a little bit from the original's ending. The entirety of the original in the 56 version, Kevin McCarthy is the main character. And he, it, uh, the movie opens up with him running into like a, he's got picked up by uh, a mental ward. He's like, I'm not crazy. I'll tell you what's happening. Something green is people. Yeah. So he gives him the whole spiel. So then it's a flashback. So all the scenes are happening. So the whole movie is narrated by him mm -hmm. as if he's talking to the doctors. And then the end of the movie happens and he's talking to him again. And they're like, you're crazy. There's no way any of this stuff happened. And then like a radio comes in and says, uh, there's like a, a truck just spilled a bunch of j pods, some sort of pod thing. And it sets the doctors off and they're like, Oh shit. Everything he said was just true. And they're like, get the national guard on the phone, get everybody on the horn. We're going to stop this before it spreads too far. We get like, and that's how the movie ends. Mm. So it's like, we know something's happening and it's going, we're going to kind of fight back. Yeah. So it's a little more hopeful, I guess, than this one seems so like hopeless. I think it's a product of its time. The 50s were all like, rah, well, the rah, America. The solution to everything. Yeah. And the 70s are like, fucking everything sucks. Yeah, who knows? The, like, the original was probably a, a, supposed to be about communism rotting America from the inside yeah, out or something. something like, some sort of symbolism like that. But it makes yeah. sense that you know, like we might have won in the 50s and in the 70s when everything was all dark and gritty and shitty. They're like, yeah, of course we're going to lose. So if you listeners have not seen this one, Go watch it. It's a classic for a reason. Yeah. It still holds up. And then you might see some neat little nods to stuff you like, like Garrett. Do yeah. not start it at like two in the morning, though. No. Unless it is, you're like wide awake. It's surprisingly long. It, yes. It has, some, it has some moments that feel dull. It's all very important to the plot. But there's some moments that you can fall asleep in if you're not like ready to watch a two-hour film. Yeah, it does feel every minute as long as it is. Like yes. it's even though it's really good and I never really want to turn it off, I did times be like, oh my it's god. It's like Lord of the Rings happening? extended edition. Yeah. You're gonna feel that three hours and a half, but you're gonna be like, man, there was so much cool shit that happened in that three hours and a half. That's exactly how this film is. And I do agree this belongs in the upper echelons, the the top level of horror films, because it's such a good, tight, well-executed story. For us, for Mark, this is like a fucking uh, hopeful movie. He's like, God, I can't wait for the aliens to come. It's a horror for regular people. <laughs> I mean, you might be a little scared at first, but as they said, there's no pain. Yeah. So just become a plant. <laughs> Mark just wants to cut the pain out of his life. <laughs> Can you eat regular food or do you have to eat plant food? I don't know. Do you Ooh. even eat? Photosynthesis. Oh, and not being able you make to, your own food. I'll let you know. Not being able to eat would be a real downside for me. That would go in the con section. How would you guys know if I was a plant right now? I mean, do that thing with your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm starting to think you are a plant with your big pro plant agenda over here. I've hung pro out with plant. Mark and watched new video game trailers being released. My man still got emotions. <laughs> I suppose. All right. I suppose. <laughs> exactly what a plant would say. Anything else? No. We'll see you guys later. Have a good one. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time. I don't want to set the world on fire I just want to start a flame in your heart In my heart I have but one desire And that one is you, 
no other will do. I've lost all ambition for worldly acclaim. I just want to be the one you love. And with your admission that you feel the same, I'll have reached the goal I'm dreaming of. Believe me, I don't want to set the world on fire.